0: Welcome to the Red State Blues, the official podcast of the Wyoming Democratic Party, where we talk with political leaders, candidates, and community members about what life is like living blue in a red state.
1: Today, on our first episode of Red State Blues, Director of Operations Don Brella will speak with former congressional candidate Gary Trauner about lessons learned on the campaign trail and what today's political landscape looks like in Wyoming. Communications Director Nina Hebert will talk to our U.S. Senate candidate Marav Ben-David about her amazing plans for Wyoming's future and her favorite campaign companions. Executive Director Sarah Hunt will find out everything exciting happening in Sweetwater County with the chair of the Sweetwater County Democratic Party, Megan Jensen. And Vicki Goodwin, a stalwart Wyoming activist and chair of the Converse County Democratic Party, will explain why she is proud to be a WIO Dem. This is the Red State
2: Blues official podcast of the Wyoming Democratic Party, and we've got Gary Trauner joining us today. Gary ran as a Democrat for the House of Representatives in 2006 and 2008, and also for the U.S. Senate in the 2018 election. Gary, thank you for joining us today.
3: My pleasure, Don. Happy to be here.
2: You ran for uh, three seats in Wyoming, a red state. And what I'm curious to know is, given the current political climate, what are you feeling now uh, about the Democrats in Wyoming?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there was a big gap between the times that I first ran, you know, six and eight, obviously, and in 2018 when I ran for U.S. Senate. And I think um You know, the simple truth is that the world's gotten more polarized politically and our country's gotten more polarized politically. And for Democrats, in some ways, that's made it more difficult in the state of Wyoming, uh, which I think is unfortunate.
2: So you think that the polarization has made it more difficult, but also at a time when we're seeing so much anger and frustration. I'm kind of seeing a shift. What do you think about that?
3: Well, I, I hope that's the case. The president of the United States is an incredibly polarizing figure. Mm -hmm. Um, In my view, he's an incredibly dangerous figure. Um, I've been saying for a while that just because we've had a democracy for 250 or so years doesn't mean that we're going to have it tomorrow. And, um, you know, he preaches fear and division. And I think, frankly, at the federal level, at least, um, a lot of the Republicans are preaching that same fear of the other to be successful and historically that's been something that in a lot of countries in a lot of ways has worked um but i also think that people in the state are seeing that the policies that have been enacted by republic oh, look republicans have controlled the state now for 30 or 40 years mm-hmm. and as i've told some of our candidates at the state ledge level you know they've driven our, our our country our state and our country into a ditch they don't have a plan to get us out they have no clue how to get us out Um, But their answer is vote for me and reelect me, because if you reelect the other people, somehow it's going to be worse.
2: We've got, you know, there's a school of thought that, you know, all the change starts from the local level. Um, We've got some really good candidates running in this state this cycle. What do you think? Do you have any advice for them?
3: Yeah. So, you know, I did start out um, whatever political career I've had at school board. Um and uh you know, school board in is nonpartisan generally. Uh but it was a great way to get engaged in the community and get involved and see what it's like to be an elected official. Um and to really have close contact, you know, when you're when you're in school board or in your town council, it's pretty intimate in terms of the folks that you're representing and their ability to get in touch with you and, and that's a great thing. Um so my advice, you know, and in my campaigns, I was a door to door guy. Now in times of COVID, that's tougher. But, um, you know, making contact with people, letting them know you're a regular person, I think is a really important thing. Um, and that you're part of the community, that we have families, we have kids, um, we recreate just like every, everyone else in Wyoming. You know, we have our faith. Um, we're good people that are just trying to do the right thing. We may have some different views on some different policies. That's fine. Um, but we're not out there to somehow undermine everything that's taking place. My advice from a political perspective has been a little bit stronger for our state-led candidates, and I think we have to be a little bit more direct, as I said, in pointing out that um, the folks that have been elected that have controlled our state um, are, frankly, primarily Republicans, um, and they've done a horrible job, Um, and they don't have any answers right now, and they don't want to have any answers and i think that at some point in time there has to be a decision made by voters of look are you r and d isn't really the answer the answer is good people with good ideas and fresh ideas
2: yeah one of the interesting things is this idea of rhinos republican in name only and while in the past i think we've seen republicans kind of sticking together now we're seeing them splinter because some of them are republicans some of them are fringe right and some of them right. are Republicans in name only, or they've been labeled, you know, that way. What do you think of, of the concept of rhinos?
3: <laughs> That's a great question, Don. <laughs> you know, first of all, I've always told people when they they told me that, you know, you're a Democrat, you've got a D next to your name, so I, I can't vote for you. Yeah. My response has been, I can change my party today. I can go to the county clerk's office and re- register as a Republican. If I do that, will you vote for me? Because I'm the same person with the same values and the same ideas. But now I've got an R next to my name. So I think politicians are really good at hiding behind labels Mm -hmm. and using those labels to scare people into voting with their their tribe, so to speak. Um, And so, you know, I, I look at it less as rhinos than what are your views and what do you want to do and how do you want to make sure that we govern well and we have a, a, a society that works um, and policies that work? And, it, you know, I think that to the, the Republicans these days that call themselves, quote unquote, conservative are actually sort of they're extreme. They're reactionary. They're not conservative. Conservative means conservation, right? Conservative means uh, limited government, but effective government government that actually does what it does well. Um, and, and you know, it doesn't mean borrowing money and, you know, going into a hole in a ditch and cutting all sorts of services because you're afraid to raise revenues in ways other than what we're doing right now. So, I, I Rhino, I think there are a lot of Republicans out there that are moderate, that are reasonable. And I think the extremes, right, which is reactionary, is trying to paint them as not real Republicans. But, you know, Dwight Eisenhower was a Republican. Nelson Rockefeller was a Republican. Even, even, dare I say, Richard Nixon, who started, you know, created the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, notwithstanding all of his other faults, was a Republican. So um, I'll let them fight that out, but I think it's all about policy.
2: The more angry the fringe gets, that's a pretty good barometer of how well we're doing. Because I really feel like our presence is getting to be more known here. I mean, it hasn't been a seismic shift, but it's been a shift. And that's where it all starts.
3: Well, I agree. And I think that's really, really important. And, you know, I use an example that may or may not resonate with everyone. But um, when I first ran, I had never run for anything more than school board. And I decided to run for U.S. House. And it was like climbing Mount Everest. Um, And for people that know Mount Everest or are climbing... Um, You know, there's a place right near the top called the Hillary Step. It's literally like 100 meters from the top, Mm -hmm. but it's a very difficult uh, technical challenge to overcome. Mm -hmm. And I basically feel like I got to the Hillary Step, right? I got as close as you can get without getting there. Um, But when I ran again in 2018, because how do you not run the next cycle after coming so close? uh, It's like I had to start all over at base camp again. Instead of starting from higher up on the mountain, because we didn't have the infrastructure or the organization, um, you know, in in the state with the party. And I think we're getting that now and we're getting that in the counties. And that's a really critical thing to be able to keep in place to help us succeed over the long haul.
2: Thank you for speaking with us, Gary. You bet. I appreciate it. And stay tuned to the Red State Blues, the official podcast of the Wyoming Democratic Party. We're going to have a feature from Sweetwater County Chair Megan Jensen and also our Executive Director Sarah Hunt. This is Don Varela, Operations Manager of the Red State Blues.
0: Hi everyone, this is Mina Aber, the Communications Director here for the Wyoming Democratic Party. And I am today with our Senate nominee, Marav Ben-David. Hi Marav, how are you?
4: Very good. Good to talk to you Nina.
0: You as well. So tell me a little bit about your background.
4: I'm a wildlife ecologist and I study the effects of climate change and other global change effects on animals and I've been a professor at the University of Wyoming for 21 years now. I uh, call Laramie, Wyoming my home. Nice, nice.
0: So what made you decide to run for office?
4: So over the years, I've realized that uh, Wyoming is not prepared for our future. We don't have a good plan of what to do when our main source of income uh, dries out. And that will exacerbate the problem we already have of losing many of our young people who can't find a job here. Uh, And that has become even more apparent as I've been traveling around the state and talking to to a lot of parents who keep telling me that their kids had to leave Wyoming. So that made me realize that I need to step up and do more.
0: I know that one thing you've spoken a bit about is looking at Wyoming or the government in general, investing in Wyoming as an artificial intelligence type of Center, What do you see that going forward for Wyoming and how that can help us really diversify our economy and go forward?
4: If we bring these types of industries, it will provide really, really high paying jobs to a lot of people. And it's something that these are the kind of industries that they don't need a huge workforce. We have been unable to attract industries here that required a lot of people working and Wyoming doesn't have a very large population. We have a limited number of, I mean, we are the lowest population in the U S right. We know that. And in a way we want to keep it that way. (laughs) We want to keep our, yeah, we want to keep our our wide open spaces. We don't want to, you know, completely uh, ruin our culture and our, our, you know, the things that we appreciate the most, why we are here. So, So this type of industries uh, are really uh, not going to need a lot of uh, workforce. What they would need is a skilled workforce, which is why we need to keep investing in our excellent education. They'll need uh, infrastructure in terms of connectivity to the world, in terms of uh, broadband. We were talking about rural broadband for many years now. We need to to, um, develop it and, and install it we um, will need to uh, create a very welcoming environment. We want these companies, these industries, they will want the workers to be happy. And if we don't treat women well, we don't treat people of color well, if we don't give the same level of uh, equality to LGBTQ people, we will not be able to attract these companies. So we need to live up to our name, the equality state, and actually you know, be a, um, a pioneer in, in everything that we do as we were in the past. Can you tell me a
0: little bit about what kind of dogs you have? It sounds everybody loves puppies. So tell me a little bit more about your day to day and what you've been doing, what you're seeing on the campaign trail.
4: So I have two Huskies. Uh, oh. They are named after uh, mountain passes that have indigenous names. So. Togarty, named after Togarty Pass, which is a famous mountain pass here in Wyoming between uh, the town of Dubois and Moran Junction. In fact, when you go up in, um, from Dubois towards uh, Moran Junction, Togarty Pass is the place where the Tetons pop out. Oh. and it's a, Yeah, it's one of my favorite spots in Wyoming. I have to say, that I have a, quite a few favorite spots in Wyoming, but this is one of them. Uh, it's a gorgeous place. And so Turgity is 15. She's mm-hmm. still coherent and still comes on two walks a day with us and still jumps into my truck unassisted. <laughs> so she's pretty amazing. Uh, she, um, she's a quarter coyote. So her father's father was a coyote. So she's a smaller husky because oh. of that. But she's very smart, very good dog. And the other one is Chilkut, and he's an Alaskan husky. He's 110 pounds, and he's my ski-joring dog. So when we have snow on the ground and we can ski, I hook him up. Uh, he wears a harness, and I wear a harness, and he pulls me on skis. Sometimes at uh, pretty scary speeds. We, <laughs> yeah. We've been clocked at 25 miles an hour at places. So Wow. Uh, yeah. that.
0: That sounds amazing. That's that's a lot of fun.
4: It um,
0: is. So I know you've been going around Wyoming and uh, hitting a lot of stops, seeing a lot of places. I've seen you around the state. Uh, do they ever get to come with you?
4: Sometimes they do. Um, the problem is when uh, we bring them on a campaign. Well, Ch- Togadi is too old, but Chilco has come on a campaign trail before, uh, and then he steals the show. That's a problem. But what I'm really enjoying about the campaign trail that is a first is meeting a lot of Wyomingites. It is, I'm learning every time I go, as you said, and, you know, we, you and I have been places together. I learn a lot from people. And that is a fantastic experience. Just hearing people's stories and their concerns and what they would like to see in Wyoming has really been influential.
0: Yeah, so I I wish you the absolute best of luck. I cannot wait to cast my vote for you. And I thank you so much for
4: taking your time with me this morning. Thank you, Nina, for your vote and for uh, setting us up for this interview. It's great talking to you.
0: You're listening to Red State Blues, the official podcast of the Wyoming Democratic Party. My name is Sarah Hunt. I am
1: the executive director for the Wyoming Democratic Party, and I am on today with my good friend Megan Jensen, who is the county chair of the Sweetwater Democratic Party. Thanks for joining, Megan.
5: Well, thanks, Sarah. I'm glad to have you guys get a hold of me and let me come in and hang out with you guys.
1: Sweetwater County has some really awesome... Candidates, one of the things that uh, most people don't know about Sweetwater County Mm -hmm. is that it has historically been a stronghold for our Democratic candidates in the state legislature. People who have just been giants of our political system and who've gotten so many things done and passed. And it's been really exciting to see the torch being passed on to really sort of a newer generation of candidates in Sweetwater County. So what is the county party doing? I know that. So you lead the county party. <laughs> um, I, it's a, a small group of very dedicated people um, with you as their fearless leader. But what are some of the things that you guys have been able to do, like any events or just any programs? I know that you're working with the state party with Rosa for the field organizer. And that's so exciting that we've been able to partner on that. Um but I know, also know that you guys have been doing some other stuff just like historically throughout the year. I know COVID has been a tough one to sort of organize around.
5: That's been the obvious challenge for everybody. And I can't say that I have even hit like past the 25% mark of getting anywhere in a productive manner in that situation. But one thing we did do is quickly started finding online platforms we could still get together. And lo and behold, we found Zoom, which luckily we practiced before the county convention and before the state convention. So some of our members kind of had an idea how to use it. And we do that every Friday starting at noon for our lunches because we used to go around to local businesses and meet. Now we do that on Zoom. And there's not a huge amount of people that still get on because it is still nice outside. And so they're more likely to go spend time in a park than they are to get on Zoom, but we still have that option out there for people.
1: That's really exciting to have like weekly meetings for a county party is, I don't know, I just think that's certainly something that I know a lot of people would be interested in around the state. I also know that you have weekly meetings with your candidates, which excites me a lot because I think that when candidates get together And when they, you know, share the progress that they're making and the problems that they're having, that they can come up with more creative solutions and they, they run better campaigns when they're working together with other candidates.
5: And that's, we're going on our fourth week on that. And it has been, I personally think productive. I hope the candidates feel this way too, but just getting together and kind of like talking about ideas and how to help each other with each other's campaigns. And we're starting to connect with even nonpartisan candidates. For example, we have one candidate meeting up with a school board member to get out the vote. And that's just amazing. Like, I never would have thought, you know, before I knew anything about how government works other than just voting that this type of collaboration and just talking to people. It, it's amazing. It
1: is. Um, I think that Wyoming Democrats are really lucky in a lot of ways because we might be the smaller of the two parties, but we're hugely collaborative and we work together really well, which is exciting. And I think it allows us to get things done with smaller numbers. And that just is really exciting
5: for me. Well, it's definitely uplifting, that's for sure. Just when you, you think yeah. you go out in the public and you think everybody's, I mean, have that mindset that everybody's against you, but really when you meet these people that think like you or want to do same things that you want to do, their strength and their passion and pretty much everything that they put into their life makes everything so much better. So it's really in who you you know surround yourself with.
1: Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to let us know about what's going on in Sweetwater or your exciting candidates?
5: We're going to have Public Lands Day event this Saturday. And we're going to start it out at our uh, designated highway cleanup at 8 o'clock in the morning over there by Cruel Jackson Rock Springs. And then we're going to bring it to the Bunning Park where we'll have some candidate signs and some food and pretty much just get together and celebrate the fact that Wyoming is a huge part of this country who has public lands and uh, hopefully push it forward to where we're keeping them clean and supporting people who are going to keep them in our hands.
1: That's amazing. That sounds like such a great event, Um, something that you can actually do during COVID with the social distancing and keeping everybody safe, but at the same time being a huge benefit to our community so that, you know, you're not just going out knocking on doors convincing people to vote for you, you're actually showing people why they should vote um and why they need to get involved. I love that a lot.
5: It's going to be good. Absolutely. Especially with Rosa's help. She has been she's like hit the ground running and your trainings at the state level for us have been a huge help. So thank you for that. Of
1: course. I'm so glad that they've that we've been able to help with that cuz water is so important.
6: It's our home. My name is Vicki Goodwin, and I am a Wyoming Democrat from Douglas, Wyoming. I am proud to be a Wyoming Democrat. I am a Wyoming Democrat because I believe in treating others as I would like to be treated. Everyone should breathe clean air and drink clean water. This is a basic human need. Everyone deserves a safe place to live with enough food to eat and to be warm during the long Wyoming winters. Everyone deserves access to regular health checkups, but if a person gets sick, they deserve access to good healthcare that will not cause bankruptcy. No one should be judged by their skin color, their gender, sexual orientation, the clothes they wear, or their physical body. I am a Wyoming Democrat because I believe in family values. Women must have prenatal care so that their children can have a strong beginning. Babies and young children must have a loving family with good nutrition, safe homes, healthcare, and respect for their individuality. Children have the right to attend school without fear of being shot. Their teachers have the same right. Parents have the right to expect that their children will return home safely from school. I'm a Wyoming Democrat because I'm pro-choice. Men and women must have access to birth control so they can build a family on their own terms. I believe in a woman's right to choose, to engage in private conversation with her health care provider about what is best for her physical and mental health, and her right to have the procedures that are best for her. I'm a Wyoming Democrat because I'm pro-life. During this pandemic, I wear a mask so I won't infect my neighbors. I don't believe that we should sacrifice anyone to this pandemic, not our grandparents, not our parents, not those of us who have pre-existing conditions, not our poor neighbors. I'm a Wyoming Democrat because I support our troops, the women and men who stand at the front line, protecting my right to be a Democrat, my right to practice the religion of my choice, or to practice no religion at all, and my right to protest the actions of our government. I am a Wyoming Democrat because I love my state and my country. Thanks for
0: listening to Red State Blues. Enjoyed today's podcast? It would not be possible without your continued support. To donate, visit wyodems.org.